Welcome data enthusiasts. We are Zuma, the recruitment consultancy focused 100% on data tech professionals in and around the Berlin region. And this is our podcast, Data for Good, connecting you with all things data. And today, really, really pleased to be joined by Igor Slinko. And Igor is lead computer vision engineer at Sport Total TV. If you don't know, Sport Total TV is one of Germany's largest multi-sport streaming platforms. And as well as live sports, the platform allows sports clubs or businesses to upload their own content too. So a really quickly evolving uh, product platform. Igor, firstly, was that accurate? And how's it going today? All good. I like it. Thank you for having me. Um, all good. How about you? Really good. Thank you. I'm excited for this one. Um, being a sports fan myself, uh, I understand that today we're going to talk about computer vision for sports streaming and analytics. Um, What's the plan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's dive into it. I've got a bunch of questions that I, I want to ask you, and then some that will come out, come up, no doubt, from my my questioning. Um, so, if we start high level, mm -hmm. talk to me about what computer vision engineer, com, uh, sorry, computer vision means for sports gaming and uh, sports games and how it's used um so basically like computer vision itself is a huge field like everything that connected to the images like and neural networks and even not just neural networks will be counted as computer vision and uh, for sports like we i think like use most of the like normal tasks that uh, people solve in computer vision like i think the basics are like image classification uh, detection of the objects on the image, objects tracking, object segmentation, like many, many other tasks. We can go into details. Uh, even, even generation of the content, if you heard of Midjourney, Dali, Stable Diffusion, they are like starting to, to be used in the sports topics. Um, basically, if you want to like build a good system that uh, uses video stream as an input, and uh, tries to have some insights about the game, you will need, I think, to implement several essential stuff like players detection and like ball detection. If we are talking about football, it would be ball detection, like in hockey, we actually like talk about multiple sports because like in Sport Total, we work on uh, football, basketball, ice hockey, volleyball, and like we plan to conquer all all the team player plays and games uh, in the world. So um, yeah, so the ball detection, the player detection, also between the players, you need to understand like which team is is the player. Like, is it a goalie? Uh, maybe it's not a player. Maybe it's a referee or linesman. So this is like image classification. And also you need to track all these people around and track the puck or the ball. So you will need like decent tracking on top. And uh, like, then you will have like this bells and whistles. For example, you can use like pose estimation if you want to classify some specific moments of the players like throw-ins, for example, right? 
Um, so now it goes like more complicated. So uh, where do you want me to dive in? Um, we could go into any of those areas, um, mm -hmm. but we've only got 30 minutes and I do have a couple of questions uh, alongside that. So let, let's talk about perhaps if we go into the different types of computer vision, what types are the most prominent and the most challenging for you in your role as a lead of computer vision engineering? Yeah, the, the basic issue that we are like trying to beat is the video quality, I think. So, I mean, um, like I will talk a little bit about our setup, the like normal setup, uh, so you will understand what kind of video we're getting in as an input. So we have this camera, it's a physical camera, it has like through lenses and we put it on the field you can actually rent it like if you want like just go on the side like it's not commercial but like you can rent it like for your field if you want so it's like the device um, like that has three lenses and it broadcasts um like two things it broadcasts the panoramic image of the field like it just teaches the cameras and this is another thing that we are doing like it's also computer vision uh, task like how to stitch different uh, views in one panorama and uh, also we broadcast the broadcast like the moving crop of this panorama where like where the action of the game is going on so um yeah so on this setup the problem is that even though the cameras are 4k um it's really hard to put like really good um hardware inside one box so you don't like you can't like record 4k like panorama it's like very huge file and this means that if you're uh, like using analytics like if you're like calculated any calculating any analytics you need to work in this smaller image like that is i think like uh, hd image of the panorama it's actually more than hd because like it's very long but like on the length on the heights it's just hd so and mm. this makes uh, a challenge because like on this image the players are very small so you need to go to have the good detection on very small players like maybe like several pixels is one player if he is or she is on the background and it makes everything more challenging so you can't take like top of the shelf yolo v5 uh, without any training and like expect that it will detect perfectly the person and on the uh, on the background of the image so we obviously train it on our own recordings and the first challenge is to like to have a very good data set of all the games like going on in different places in different um, weather conditions in summer in winter everywhere so and in uh, this view we're like pretty in a good shape because like we have hundreds of cameras all over the europe actually and some in in US, so we have like a pretty good, um, uh, like very variable data set, right? With, with mm. a good variety of inputs. Aha, okay. So masses of data, but also variety. So you cover all areas. Okay. Yeah, and this is actually something that is not very easy for the new company to get into this field because, like, if you put a camera on a new field, you need to, like, 
collect some data and like it won't work good at the first place mm. right? like but we have like hundreds of those so mostly like everything that you might see on the field like birds eating some crops on the field uh, could be like could be covered in some old um, data sets we have interesting but if somebody were to rent this and they've not used them before then the birds eating crops on the field might just because the models aren't trained would just look yeah, like yeah, a yeah. football yeah. or a pair of boots or something yeah yeah we like at first like when we saw like multiple uh, false positives of the ball or, or foods of the players like it's was the birds that it was really interesting so like having this pipeline of getting new data um like mixing it with the uh, existing data set calculating like training the model like making sure that the model didn't degrade using this new data like it's it's a hard task <laughs> um so basically basically this is a challenge and what you train on top of this it, it it has like second order um importance because like you can train detection you can train segmentation on top of it you can train like you can try different tracking methods but like collecting this data set this is crucial actually interesting so does it help if you wanted to get more accurate models for uh the analysis of football streaming would it help to also be gathering data from basketball games and hockey games because it's more variety of data it's more understanding as to how balls move how the weight to the weight of balls move across a screen or across a pitch line distancing that kind of stuff um right now we don't mix any data set it's maybe an interesting idea to think about like since we have this like continuous stream of information like it's usually not a problem to to enlarge the data set right so like mm. if you have like some new point of view like for example we put new lenses on the camera and now the pitch is more like fisheye right so we just collect some uh, streams and we like put it in the training loop and everything like after this it become better so every time we have like something really strange we just put it in the training loop i'm not sure that like putting the basketball games will help because like the same stuff is going on like if you have like football pitch you expect that there would be some uh, people outside the pitch and you will like misclassify them as a players we actually yeah. have like, many tricks like to just discard this classification but like it's better for the model to understand that okay these are the players these are not yeah yeah i recognize that how does auto production work yeah so um the auto production like we call the auto production is like the process of um, like we have this camera that actually have like has the static like stream right without any rotation and the auto production for us is just like we try um to mimic movement of the operator of the camera and like crop uh, some um like box from this panoramic view and like you watch it as a viewer like you you might think that it's an operator so basically for the good auto production it's it's funny but you just need a, a good player detection and a good ball detection because like if you will look at the professional football stream 95 percent of the time what they are doing is just they following the ball 
Sometimes mm. they're doing a little ahead, like if the attackers from the from the left to the right, they're like like having a little bit more space on the right. So because the ball will fly there and you won't be able to catch it if it flies really fast. So um, we're doing the same, actually. We have like the detection of the ball each frame. We have detection of the players. So we understand like where the majority of the players are like standing and if, for example, we have a player far ahead, like we need to zoom out to like see the whole picture and like for the viewer to understand uh, that there will be like maybe some path there. So it's funny how like I, when I first uh, like watched it, like before I joined the company, it was interesting how this complicated at first sight process of operator moving the camera actually simple in terms of if you have the bounded uh, the coordinates of the ball on the like panoramic coordinates of all players, you can um, guess the algorithm how like to move the camera. Wow, interesting. How, how does it track the players then? And how are you able to calculate distances? You, you, you talked about it moving, players moving from one side of the pitch to the other. And what I also think about is if in the Premier League, you're able to do player cams and you're watching players when they're not on the ball. So, you know, there's so many different things going on and you're analyzing those, those players that are not on the ball. So many thoughts are coming to my head. Let's start with the first question. How do you use auto production to track the game and, and calculate distances? So, um, yeah, um, the, the first thing is you need to understand that we don't need to track players and calculate the distances online. So the auto production, it just like follows the game, follow the action, follow the ball. So it doesn't give you any statistics of like distance covered mm. or number of passes. Everything like this is going in the offline, the background on the recorded session. So in this means you don't need to like put this logic inside a small box uh, with like not very, like not top of the shelf um, uh, hardware, uh, uh, top tier hardware, I mean. Mm -hmm. So um, then when you have this recording, you can use like all the state of the arts to, uh, to detect, to track for detection. For example, you can use like YOLO V5 is obvious choice. Um, we use like a little bit modified version of that. Um, for tracking- YOLO V5. Yeah, Yellow right. is like uh, the best. I think it's like GPT-4 and GPT-3.5. Like GPT-4, it's very like it's much better and like, but it like cost more, have some uh, timing issues. You can't like API GPT-4 if you don't have uh, the better version. So the same goes for Yolo V5 and for example, Yolo V8. So if Yolo V8 mm -hmm. is better, but like it has some problems with license, you can't use it in commercial use without paying uh, Ultralytics, for example, There's some cash, <laughs> which is actually big numbers. Um, and like most of the people, they just use Yolo V5 for detection and it's like pretty good. For the tracking, for example, the common um, the common networks people use is um, deep sort or sort. It's S O R T, just like that. Uh, but uh, like recently, it's not state of the art. It's just like the most convenient tool to use. 
Recently, many computer vision engineers switched to byte track. So byte track is like also tracking algorithm that become very popular. I think it was published in 2022. So now like it's more or less common tool to use. And um, yeah, so after you have the detections, after you have the tracking on top of the detections, you can like play with different stuff. You can, for example, um, uh, like recognize what is the number on the jersey of the player, right? Mm. Or you can estimate the, uh, am I lagging? It seems like I'm lagging. Okay, sorry. You can estimate the pose of the player. So like pose of the player sometimes helps for the tracking. Sometimes it helps to recognize specific movements like, like shot on goal or something like that. Mm. Hand up, hand of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but like it becomes trickier when you working on like low resolution images, for example, we don't okay. have any problems, uh, for example, in volleyball in like pulse estimation, but in football, it's a great problem. And like, we need to find a, like a solution, how like within like several pixels, you do the pose estimation because like most of the data set, they like have a good image of the person and like you have data like data set of these persons and like all, all, all normal from here like there is no big issue of estimating the pulse of that if you have like 10 or 20 pixels of the player it's like hard to estimate this pulse yeah <laughs> interesting yeah very interesting i i, I wonder you, you mentioned about pixelation there and how some areas are easy to track and some are more challenging i wonder what the accuracy is like and I'm I'm curious from a sports fan fan perspective, but I'm also curious because if you look into any industry field that's impacted by machine learning engineering, all the time accuracy is a, a major priority for businesses. So you know, I wonder what the level of accuracy is for um, computer vision systems related to sports live sports streaming uh yeah i think it depends heavily on the quality of the stream because for example like uh, the i think majority of our cameras are built for like um third fourth five um, level tier leaks so they mm. cannot afford like multiple cameras uh, like really big bandwidth, like usually you do on, like you expect on the like top uh, tier leagues uh, broadcast. Like, like what I mentioned with the Premier League and doing individual player cams, that's not going to be possible in the lower leagues. I recognize that. Yeah. So um, within this um, like field where we are playing mostly, um, you got, uh, like you got like, a good understand what's happening on the front side on the back side you like you it's challenging to understand in football in for example in ice hockey it's like quite better because like all the field is smaller and same for basketball same for volleyball in football like you have a really big field yeah. um so depending like tracking um tracking um like if you have a decent jersey recognition like uh, we plan like we don't have like player like 
player-wise statistics right now. So it, it's our goal, I think, for this year to make the player-wise statistics. And like when you can like take the player number 45 and like you can um, like have clips where this player scored a goal or like made, made a pass or like did something. So right now it's really challenging because like when player is in the background, uh, like you can't like really understand like if two players cross each other, they have the same jersey, but the number is a little bit different. So it's really hard to drag them out. So this is something that we are working right now. Um, we can do it on uh, like 4K videos, for example. We have like in our camera, we have like two switches. Like, do you want like, do you want to have auto production along with recording? If so, like the auto production will be in a good quality. The recording would be not in very good quality. If you are going just to record the game and like have the statistics on top, yeah, you will have like very good recording. Then you see like everything and uh, like it's I, I, I don't want to uh, to uh, like give you a number because it's variable from game to game from setup to setup, but most of the time you don't have any players which uh, like it like we even did a experiment when we like uh, did the like pose estimation of all the players on the field we put it we put it in the 3D and we have like this 3D field of players you can like uh, watch uh, in different angles. It would be, it wouldn't be the broadcast, but it would be like three 3D people <laughs> playing the ball, but it would be like the same as the actual game. So you can like play with some after effects with this like camera, like matrix effects, if you understand what you're what I'm talking about. Yes, yes. I, I, and that also makes me think about you mentioned earlier about how you use computer vision to um, monitor and track games. And you also mentioned how analytics comes offline afterwards. So I wonder, away from the sports and more towards the professional for a moment, how does your work in computer vision engineering, um, how does it interact or collide with um Analyt analytics professionals that you work with? Is mm -hmm. it simply you hand over uh, large files with algorithms built in? Are, are they doing much of the work? How, what does the interaction look like? Um, usually, like, let, let's talk not about football, but new game came in, right? Like, I don't know, you can name it. Like, for example, when we had uh, like uh, ice hockey, for example, first ice time. Hockey. Um, we got in touch with the professional like uh, coaches. We thought like, what do you want? Like what the market wants actually? What is the basic like uh, things that people like to have at the output when they upload the video or when they like want to analyze the game? So usually for like each game, there is some already standard thing that you want to get. For example, you need like usually you need to get a score. Usually you need to know the timestamps of the all the goals. Uh, or for example, in ice hockey, you need to uh, cut the clips, uh, cut the clip in um, parts where like you have like even player player numbers or like there is some disbalance because in ice hockey sometimes it's like four against five, three against five, something like that. So you want like to analyze like 
you will be analyzing it yourself by the video, but you, for example, you need all the parts in the game when it was disbalanced uh, in favor of your team, like did they uh, handle it uh, good or otherwise. And also there are some moments in the game that you need to, from the game, like for example, face-offs in ice hockey, there are like situations that they have like standing together to players and the referee uh, drops the puck and then something begins. So oh, all yeah. face-offs needed to be uh, uh, taken out like on in several folder and you will like watch it uh, alongside uh also like you want all the shots on goal for example or you want all the um like all the time the player number seven was playing for example because like in ice hockey they have switches all the time so you need to ah, track yeah. the player and uh, for example you need to analyze how this player is performing so you don't need to watch whole game you just need like to watch 10 minutes where when he was on the game and uh, all these analytics all these analytics they like usually stand upon the simple task like detection tracking classifying the player uh, like understanding what is the jersey number what was the sometimes what is the pose of the player because like shots on goal like usually like is used with a stick and with rapid movements and also like it's very um important to have the distant quality uh, decent quality of the like ball or puck detection because like puck detection or ball detection identifies different situation like shots on goal is like very rapid ball movements towards the the, uh, the gate or uh, like passes is like if you know the position of the puck in each player in each frame and you can uh, identify like which team had the puck you can calculate time, time with the puck for example or like passes between one team so they all are on top of this and uh, usually we like ask uh, the professionals to manually annotate the game like what statistics do you want where are these statistics in the game and then we like try our best to make this automatic right like for example face-offs we say like please uh, like uh, tell me where in this like two hours games there are no two hours games but like two hours there are face uh, face-offs in the ice hockey and then we have like uh, positions of the players, uh, team classes, referee identification, and we're just trying to understand like what should we do like to um, detect these exam these exact times. Mm. So you're gathering the requirements and you're coming up with solutions to those requirements. But did, yeah, did, I, did I hear you correctly like, say that you're asking the professionals what information do you need from these games to be able to? analyze and make your own predictions and yes, then you come up with the solutions really how you're going to calculate stuff, like, that really interesting uh insights for example if you have a goal in ice hockey that means that the referee will whistle and uh, it will show the hand like so within like for example if you have a microphone you can like easily detect all the goals or like you can mm. detect all the situations that might be goals and like if you have the pulse estimation, you don't need to detect the puck and the like gate because sometimes it's not very visible, like if the puck came to the gate or not. So, but you can like detect the referee within his pulse, and uh, after the goal, they uh, all the players collect 
collect in the middle and they have this face-offs in the middle of the pitch. So that's how we, for example, take the goals. In football, it's like different story, but like it's usually there is some event that happens after the this event that you're looking for. Mm, mm. And for example, yeah, go on. I was going to say, if it's penalty, uh, you'll know that the referee is typically stood at the edge of the box. They might put the hand up, they might whistle, everything everything is still, and mm -hmm. then only one player moves, and then the, yeah, then the goalkeeper yeah, responds. Yeah, something like that. So you have some hypothesis, some rules, and you try to apply those rules. And uh, if you have some data sets of data set on like there was these occasions in these times, so you can test it upon this data set and like see how many false positives and false negatives do you got from this game or like for the, yeah. from the set of the games. Yeah. So it, it's easy for people. Have you seen the, money, the movie Moneyball? I think it was uh, uh, about the analyst who made the like the, the Boston, best um, players uh, checking, uh, taking the best players from the old, like, can you please refer me? Because I didn't yeah, see sure. like, I heard um, a lot of it. Yeah, it, it, it's a great, it's a great movie. And, and maybe from an analyst's perspective, it's just a good movie, but it allows people to see the work that goes into analysis of sports games. And as I understand, it's player analysis so um they identify the players uh stats how long they're on a, a field for um for the amount of time they're on a field how many points they're able to accrue and you know how they struck uh how they struck the ball you know mm -hmm. what how they responded to certain pitches uh, based on you know segmentation and image detection which the movie doesn't go into, but now I understand what is going on for them to be able to generate those um, uh, data points. And, and then they use all this information, that they use all this information and they put a team together that's not necessarily a, a team of excellent individuals, but together they'll be able to produce the result you need to beat a certain team or to win the league. And they did that with the Boston Red Sox. And that was the first, I guess, the first account of how analytics was deeply used in sports. Don't quote me on that, but that's my understanding. What what I know from this, like, it's the opposite side of my job, right? So, like, I I usually do not connect all, like much with scouts. Like, I think you're talking about like the scouts people who are looking for the best players to yeah. put in the team. So. As I understand now, if you're a scout and if you're in the like lower tier, like you're looking for the player in, for the lower tier tier league, you actually need to go and see the games because there are no recordings of those games. Mm -hmm. There are no like, if there are like in very rare cases, if there are recordings of these games, it's very hard like to find the right one, like where the player was played in like was it uh, like on this position on, on that position so this is what we are trying to build in the sport total we're trying to collect like for the season all the games and like for example if you're a team you can subscribe and you will have like all the um games within the season 
And within this season, you will have like all the statistics on like each of the players. So it will drastically um, like make the scouts work easier because now you don't need to get to the field. Like you don't need to watch it yourself. You just like type, I, I need like player uh joseph to like uh, how he played in the previous season and you will have all the clips with like maybe like highlights maybe just all the clips where he played mm. so it's uh, you know an example of automating some of the job of uh, a scout uh who would who would often be using intuition you mm. know that and that's very typical in business isn't it using intuition rather than uh data to to make decisions at, at least he will have the input, right? How how else can he um, make a decision like without looking on like different players on the video? True. Well, I, I mean, practically, how is a scout to get to five different games that all kick off at 3 p.m. in the afternoon on a single day? It's not yeah. possible, right? Um, okay. For... The computer vision engineers, you earlier mentioned a few tools that might be useful. YOLO V5, Sort, uh, Byte Track. Yeah, yeah. Are there sort, any other? Sorry. Sorry. So the, these are the networks. Um, if you mention tools like some software, like we usually use, uh, like for the labeling, for example, uh, the base, the best tools I think on the markets are, like there is a label studio, which I used a lot before. In this company, I use um, CVAT, it stands for Computer Vision Annotation Tool. And you can, like both of the tools you can automate, which is very good. Like when you finish something, like the, the next step will be starting or like you can put pre-annotation. For example, like it recently, we uh, simplified the job of our annotators like significantly, I think 10 times faster. Now they annotate stuff because like we implemented the pre-annotation to like, for example, given already existing model, please uh, drew all the bounding boxes and now annotator just like refined them. Or he just like, um, find the ball because it's not like easily found uh, and the model can't handle it. Um, so see that um, label studio for notation for visualization of the like results of the network or notation results. We usually we we use um, uh, 51, which is like great thing to visualize the output of the model. Um, what else? Um, yeah, usual stuff like a Docker, like um, uh, like Docker Compose, um, like continuous integration in the GitHub. Like it's like the the must have the essentials for any uh, engineer, I would say, or maybe even uh, DevOps um, or like MLOps, if you if you're like broader thinking about this. Mm. This is really helpful for computer vision engineers who might want to get into this and i wonder or i wonder if you have any recommendations for ml engineers who are interested in this field of work as well as these tools for them to start playing around with what other activities might they involve themselves in either personal projects or or mm -hmm. professional ones 
Um, there are many ways, right? Like, um, for example, there are there is Kaggle, Kaggle.com, like the common place where you can solve um, um, different competitions. And there are competitions according to sports. So you can like, actually, it could be diverse. You can like do computer vision. You can do analytics on top of already existing statistics uh, if you're into sports. So Kaggle is a good place to start to like look around to understand how different people solve the same task. Also, like it's it's very interesting how our field like of computer vision evolves because like things are changing pretty fast. There is like some basic tools that like will change maybe in two years, like like YOLO will be used in two years, I expect. Maybe it would be like YOLO version 15, but like the basic idea and the basic framework would be the same. So I would recommend to like first to have a good basis, like because the, the basic, the mathematical basis, the um, like the basic course of uh, like convolutional networks, transformers will will be still um, actual in several years. Um, but the tools like will change drastically all over the years. Yeah. So don't be attached to specific tools. Uh, like see what's uh, what is used around. And for this, uh, I would recommend to like be um, inside some community of the data scientists. I, like in Berlin, we have like a lot of communities and like people talk what different people uh, like use, what is like uh, commonly used, what is not so commonly used. And uh, like talking to people is the best what you can do. Also, right. do you I don't know, like how to improve this? Sorry, <laughs> I went numbers. No, no, it's cool. Um, I, and I noticed perhaps there is a little bit of a lag. On that last part about communities, are there any communities that you're a contributor to? Um, yeah, so um, I, since uh, like I came from like Russian-speaking communities, even in Berlin, we have like our small Huge. bubble. Huge I'd bubble. say a bigger bubble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, usually I like talk within these uh, conferences and communities. Um, basically, like it's it's hard to make a suggestion what is the best. Um, like subscribing to Twitter accounts of like people in the field may be a good choice or Reddit accounts. Uh, now, since like a lot of uh, sticks uh, been. Um, put it into a stable diffusion and all these tasks, I think it's worse to get to touch with it because like, who knows, uh, tomorrow we'll be doing like, uh, already we are doing synthetic data sets and like, it's a good plus. So getting to know new technologies, it's at least it will get you uh, some topic to speak about when you meet some person from the field, right? And it's Brilliant. like, it become very easy to get in touch with like you can just open YouTube type like how do I generate a uh, image using stable diffusion you've got like dozens of manuals. Mm. Okay, thanks. That's super. I've taken note as well. My final question, the future. How do you think the use of computer vision in sports games will evolve? Um, I expect a big influence of sensor data. So right now, like 
there are some projects involving like uh, putting some sensors on the legs on the in the ball like everywhere so you will have not only the like visual data but also the like imu uh, inertial measurement unit data from the field you will have like multiple cameras because like cameras are not very expensive and uh, like for example if you just and the bandwidth of the internet become like better so you can like have 5g internet uh, and like you can tr uh, tr uh, like translate a, a big amount of data uh, so right now we are recording and i don't know like gigabytes like many gigabytes maybe hundreds of gigabytes and we can transmit it through the through the internet we didn't need like LAN <laughs> connection for that yeah, yeah. so the number of cameras will improve uh, and um, you will need to like stitch all these cameras like uh, better understand the pulse of the player from different cameras and that will give you the perfect transition from this playing side view when you have like some pixels playing on the like uh, on the picture uh, you will have volumetric data and maybe you will have like volumetric cameras even because like if you put two cameras together, you will have like binocular vision and you will understand can estimate the distance. So all the games would be trans uh, translated to the 3D field and you can do like multiple things with this like first like what comes in mind, in mind is like 3D effects of the like uh, production uh, of the broadcast and like this will become better and better but now you can like estimate the speed of the like the ball you can estimate the pieces the hardness of the kick everything you want to do like it could be done um and uh, hiring the frames per second because like usually like the normal camera will produce like 25 30 fps it can go like far beyond that and you can like watch the same movement in very like uh how it's called like uh, slow motion right every everything you you want could be slow motion so you will have like better highlights better um maybe better immersive um experience of watching the game right so it's hard okay. to predict, but like the hardware is getting better the bandwidth is getting better the networks are getting better um, so I expect the experience from the viewing of the sport will be better and the analytics on top of that would be better. Insightful, incredible. So we're seeing a, an evolution as we are all the time with tech, but the influence of sensor data, the first point you've made could be yeah. uh, something that significantly changes the, the game of uh, analytics uh, for sports. Yeah, it would be it would be nice to have the beat rate of Ronaldo when he scores the ball right <laughs> on the field. Yeah, I'm not really not really interested in Ronaldo. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like... <laughs> yeah, I, I'm joking. I'm only playing. Uh, we we won't get political. Um, Igor, thanks so much for today. I really appreciate you coming on. For those nobody will know, but we've done this last minute, so I, I really appreciate you giving me your time today and your kind of off the cuff. Uh, technical expertise uh, on this unique uh, field of uh, machine learning. So thank you very much. And I'll look forward to talking more uh, in, in the near future when I come up with another topic to quiz you on. All good. Thank you for having me again.